Hey, hey everyone, welcome to Sheer Moments to Podcast with Ash Janelle and grab your cup of coffee, your bottle of water, or your glass of wine, and let's make a moment. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to Sheer Moments, the podcast with Ash Janelle. It is so great to be talking to you guys. It is so good to be talking to you guys again. So I have a serious confession. Do y'all know that I was really recording this podcast? Or I thought I was was recording the podcast. I was just pressing the button. And I was not recording. Y'all, I have been talking forever. So finally, we're actually having this discussion. And I know I've been gone for a minute. I know I have. Y'all forgive me. I had a very um, busy March and April. I was getting ready for a show in March. And... April, it went up. It was a very impactful show. It was a very um, blessed show. It was a show of everything I could have ever hoped to be a part of. Everything I could have ever hoped to be a part of. And I know that it is not the end. Um, So, yes, I was a part of For Color Girls in April. And then then I turned around at the end of the month and I did um I spoke at the Crossroads of Purpose conference which was a opportunity a opportunity that I didn't see really coming um it was great it was great to be able to share my story uh and it was great to be able to speak to um wonderful people Um, And to speak to people that were half my age or could have been my mother. Um, Just know that when we have have worthwhile things to say, um, the singers are listening, y'all. They'll listen. So, yes. And I'm praying and hoping, y'all, that. Even when I'm busy, I'm able to produce content because I want to be committed to this platform and to be committed to real live conversations. So, yes, let's get into the crux of this thing. All right. So we're going to be talking about weight loss and body positivity um, and finding your healthy. So and all of this will be as it relates to my experience and some of the research that I've done and all of that good stuff. So let's get it cracking. All right. So let's talk about my weight loss journey. So I want y'all to know a couple of things. I have always been overweight. Always. All of my life, I have been overweight. And... I have always been considered obese, I guess you could say to medical standards or, um, yeah, to medical standards. Uh, I have always been considered obese. And I started my first diet at 11 or 12. 
and that diet was Weight Watchers. So imagine I am in sixth or seventh grade and I'm sitting there, you know, uh, with my counted corn or counted pizza, whatever it is, or my lean cuisine. And I'm in sixth or seventh grade. I'm 11 or 12. And you got, you know, <laughs> grammar school kids, kids, period, are cruel. So they like, you want to die? You know, like, that's just the nature of being schooled <laughs> um, outside of your home. So, yes, I was kind of like ridiculed a little bit for that. And my, so how can I say this to give you to make this a little bit more colorful and vivid? So I was always that kid that I loved food. I, I don't know why. I have no clue why my mom would pick me up from school and the first thing I would say is, Mama, what are we going to eat for dinner? And she's like, Ashley, if you had me one more time. And I'm like, but excuse me, you asked me how my day was and we got through that. And now it's time to ask the real questions. What are we eating for dinner? And she's like, if you ask me one more time, if you ask me one more time, you're not going to eat. And I'm just like, excuse me. But it's the truth. Food was just like a thing. It was like a thing for me. Um, and I don't know. I, I can't t even begin to tell you how that even started. I know how it perpetuated. I'm not going to talk about that today. Um, but I don't know how it started. So, my, but my mom was, first of all, my mama can cook, okay? And, and we ain't talking about cook. No, it, ain't, it ain't cook. It's cook. My mama can cook, okay? You know, season to perfection. <laughs> season to perfection and all of the above. And I know y'all like, why are you laughing? Because I can low-key, like, hear my best friend listening to this. And her name starts with a K. And she was like, yes, she can. But <laughs> my mom can cook. And season to perfection, you know, my mom can cook a, a homemade rotisserie chicken that make you forget about why you ever went to a grocery store to go get a rotisserie chicken. My mom can cook. And she was a very... I don't want to say health conscious mother, but she tried and she tried in a traditional way. She would always provide a protein, a carb and a vegetable. Um, but I was sneaking overeat. I remember sneaking and getting, you know, certain snacks or sneaking to get this and like hurrying up and running to my bed. So she would know I was eating this because I was ashamed. I was ashamed. It became a coping mechanism. It became a pleasure mechanism. I, I, I don't know. Um, and I'm being very candid. I, I don't know how it earned its worthiness 
in my life, but it definitely became a God. I mean, if we want to be more spiritual about this, it became a God. And so as I went to high school, um, I have really developed some bad eating habits. So I'm just going to tell you the th types of things I was eating. I was eating chips with cheese and meat, flame hots with cheese and meat, Doritos with cheese and meat, gyro cheeseburgers, gyro chicken burgers, gym shoe sandwiches, and of course, the infamous Harold. Now, if you're from Chicago, and y'all, I got to digress a little bit. If you're from Chicago, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And Harold's, let me tell y'all about Harold's. When you go to Harold's, you gotta have your chicken bread hard. You gotta get the mild sauce and the hot sauce. You gotta get the salt and the pepper. And I'm telling you, that thing will bless you. Now, Atlanta, I know y'all got a Harold's, but it ain't got nothing on Chicago Harold's. Now, the, okay, disclaimer. Now, the one by my house, you know, it, we have a mixed neighborhood. And instead of mouth sauce, they put barbecue sauce on it. But y'all know, I'm Sophista Ratchet. In the words of the friend in my mind, Angela Rye, I am Sophista Ratchet. And I need my mouth sauce. Don't give me barbecue sauce. Uh, no barbecue sauce for me. All right, back back to what we talked about. <laughs> so yes, I was eating all of this bad stuff, and I kept doing it. You know, I was in school eating bad, eating late. Um, not to mention, I wasn't happy with my life. I had a lot of moments of of really bad unhappiness from you know sexual abuse. Physical abuse. Um, I was never really the, the desired girl. Period. Um, I was too fat to some men, but I was thick to others. And they loved my body, but they didn't really love me. And I knew that. And, you know, just all of that complexities mixed with low self-esteem, mixed with abandonment and rejection. So it was just not a good pot. And I guess food was the one thing that didn't reject me. That was a breakthrough moment for me, y'all. Um, food was the one thing that didn't tell me no. Um, yeah. So my relationship with food has been so up and down and up and down and up and down but um when I turned about 20 21 I was dating this guy and y'all when I tell you I was in my head I was just so in love with dude I mean super duper in love with him just caught up in his rapture you know he couldn't do nothing um I was just so in love with him and I remember him breaking up with me. I think it was January 2009, if I'm correct, because I had just got accepted to my alma mater, Columbia College, Chicago. Yes, um, I had just got accepted to my alma mater. And 
Um, I remember him telling me like, and and I'm paraphrasing this, but and y'all for please forgive me if I sound a little like East Coast. I was really East Coast in it during for color girls. So I am a born Detroit Brit, you know, bred girl, but definitely raised in a shy. So yes. Um and I remember him telling me, like, my family think I look too good for you. And, you know, these people are saying since you've been with me, you've lost weight and they thought you were big. And, you know, sometimes I thought she was too big. You know, these are the types of things that he's telling me. But I, I'm loving him more than I love myself. And I'm giving love that I, to him that I haven't given to myself. So I'm listening. And I'm taking it in. And yes, I looked at myself on certain pictures and was like, I, I don't think I look too good. And so I started doing something about it. I started working out, started eating right. But some of, I don't want to say some of it, a lot of it was to prove people wrong about me. A lot of it was to make him regret ever losing me and I'm going to win him back. And he was loving my body and I was loving my body. And he's like, you're looking real good, but it still wasn't good enough. And he would say stuff to me like, I don't know why you love me so much, but I still don't want to be with you or, you know, things of that nature. And so I had lost 80 pounds and I had lost so much weight that I remember somebody asking me, <laughs> did I have surgery? And I think be, it was because I lost it so quickly, but I was going to school and I wasn't like working or either I was working part time. So I had a lot of free time to work out. I just did. Um, yeah, so I'm just, I'm losing this weight and you know, all of this stuff and I'm looking the way I want to look, but I still don't have the guy that I wanted to have. And so finally I just decided like, I don't need him. I need to learn how to make it, you know, all of that without him. So on so so and so, and over a two to three year period, I gained the weight back. But um, it was from like being in school and being stressed and trying to get through this and so on, so so and so. And, you know, we all have that school weight and stuff like that. But I'm now 30. And of course, I'm trying to find the right regimen. I'm a wife. I am not yet a mother, <laughs> but I am a working woman, an artist, a wife who is trying to find her regimen and trying to reconcile her relationship with food and her body. And so, you know, I hope that this can be of encouragement and inspiration to other people to confront that battle, but also to find they're healthy. So even in that, I want to chime in with the fact that <laughs> there was like this body positivity movement going on at least like four or five years ago. 
and it has progressed to a certain degree. Um, and in a lot of ways, I'm with it. And in a lot of ways, sometimes I'm not only because I think. How can I say I'm going to leave that alone? I'm going to leave that alone. I think we should all be. Let me take the back. I think we should all be happy in clothes that we love. We all should be wearing the things that accentuate. And I'm going to leave it like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, body positivity. You know, I'm all for it. And I'm going to tell you why. So I was doing some research and I was reading the article in BuzzFeed about body positivity. So let's just define this thing, y'all. According to BuzzFeed, y'all know I love defining stuff. So here we go. Body positivity is unlearning the idea that only certain bodies are worth acceptance and praise. Realizing that all bodies are equally valuable. I'm going to read it again for you. According to an article on BuzzFeed, body positivity is unlearning the idea that only certain body types are worth acceptance and praise, realizing that all bodies are equally valuable. Let that sink in. So, I mean, we all know what advertisements portray and some people call it advertisements but yes um what advertisements portray we all know what the popular view of beauty looks like thin you know and now we are getting into more body types and more plus size types but still (laughs) i think thinness still kind of wins to a certain degree just depends you know on the man but yeah um the advertisements are mostly thin folk and i love them still uh but i want to talk about why i think body positivity is important um i think body positivity is important because it teaches you to love yourself at any stage in size I think it's important to um how can I say love yourself regardless of where you're at and even though it might be hard you gotta break through to that look like okay example thighs you're wrinkly you're dinkly and I ain't feeling you but you get me where I need to go you see that so you don't necessarily agree with how they look but you agree to their function and that's why you love it (laughs) I know I know but I I really think that that that's needed I think that it's needed to love yourself at any size at any stage. And yes, you might not like it physically. You do something about that. But you but you have to ground yourself in that love. Secondly, it helps you to positively reach your body goals. So body positivity is all about not body shaming. Like, oh, my toe, you know, it's too much to the left. Oh, my arm. Don't 
sit in the socket like it should. You know, like, okay, arm, you ain't sitting in the socket, but, you know, you unique because you sit where you want to sit. And I love that. (laughs) So it's all about not body shaming. And I think that's important. And I think it's important to be kind to yourself. And I think a lot of the reasons why we come across so many critics about bodies and all the above is because um, folks don't know how to be kind to themselves. So, and you're not going to do anything to somebody else that you ain't going to do to yourself. Okay. Um, lastly, it helps you confront your insecurities. Yes, it does. It definitely helps you to confront your insecurities. I think that's what we've really been getting at. Like, it helps you to see, okay, this ain't it. Because I've seen people who get the surgeries or lose so much weight, but they still see themselves as the person before, which means that if you see yourself as the person before, you still have those same insecurities. So why not deal with them beforehand? So I'm going to even bring another um, element because when the body positivity movement was happening, you also have these other folk, uh, these athletic folk, these trainers, these Instagram models, like athletic models is like, y'all are encouraging folks to be unhealthy. Blah, 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 so and so, so and so. And I don't agree with that. I think they both have their place. I think you can love yourself, but no, I need to be healthier. And it's nothing wrong with that. And we shouldn't play with that. We should not play with that. And I'm going to tell you three, no, two reasons. Why body positivity is not an excuse to not find your healthy. You got to find it. Number one, obesity leads to type 2 diabetes, depression, pain in joints and back, sleep apnea, gallbladder disease, heart disease, high blood pressure. Um, What else? osteoarthritis and more I'm the this is what it obesity is considered a disease by itself but this is what it leads to and causes secondly no 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 it's gonna get real y'all um I, I want y'all to know it's gonna get real So, 109,045 people have died due to obesity in 2018. I want y'all to let that sit in your soul. 109,045 people have died due to obesity in 2018. That's a real number. According to Romans233.com. 
That is a, a number. I know. It's a number. But I want this podcast to be an encouragement to find your healthy. Remind you, I'm sharing this information because I'm in this race with you. Trying to find my healthy. Trying to reconcile my relationship between food and my body. You know, trying to honor my tempo. Trying to dethrone this food, God. I am in the same race. I am in the same boat. I am in the same situation. Same. I am trying to cultivate real healthy habits. So one of the habits that I have been cultivating um, is getting up in the morning, running for 20 to 25 minutes, not even running my bad job. I don't want y'all to be full jogging slash walking for 25 minutes. Um, I'm doing it in intervals and I have my little interval clock. Um, but just cultivating that I've done it three times this week. So hey, thank you, Jesus. Uh, yeah. So I've done it three times this week, hoping that tomorrow is the charm for four and Saturday is the charm for five. So, you know, cultivating that stuff, and really sticking to it, commitment and consistency are things that I'm working on in this season. Lord, help me. It's hard, but I have to. I have to. It is the only way I'm going to reach destiny. And one thought that I that I want to leave, because this podcast is all about purpose and converting heart issues and living life and being present Um, you know, all of that stuff, you know, my biggest thing that I want to leave is your body is your vehicle for your purpose. And if you don't take care of it, how are you going to change the world? How are you going to banish, um, I guess, you know, poverty or, you know, if you're born for advocacy, how you going to meet Oprah? <laughs> how you going to win at Oscar, Ashley? <laughs> how are you going to start that film company? How are you going to start that new podcast? How are you going to uh, go to nations and do missions? How are you going to start that lipstick line? How are you going to cure cancer? How? How are you going to do that when you're not taking care of your vehicle to purpose, to destiny, to truth? For some of us, Satan is not tripping us with um, sexual immorality. He's tripping us with Cheetos and pizza. And I'm talking about myself. But it is the truth. That's what I want to leave you with. Thinking of your body as your vehicle for your purpose. So we have come to the conclusion of episode five. And I would like to thank you so much 
for listening. So do me a favor, please. If any of this podcast resonates with you, if any of the other podcasts resonates with you and it is relatable content, please like, subscribe, share on your media outlets. Please like, subscribe and share on all of your media outlets as we grow. We want to grow with you. And be looking forward to the sixth episode of Sheer Moments, the podcast. And as always, I promise to be vulnerable, to be real, and to live in the moment.